It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. Hopefully you guys are all having a great week. Weather here along the Wasatch Front turning for the better. We've gotten past the rain that pretty much had engulfed the area over seemingly the last month, but things are clearing up. Also clearing up is what it looks like Mark Pope's staff is going to look like. We'll talk about that here in this first segment. We'll also talk about BYU Safety's group in the second segment, second segment excuse me, as we continue on with our spring football p- position reviews and previews coming out of spring ball. We'll talk about more of the defensive backfield for the Cougars. And then of course we'll catch up on all the other news in BYU sports. Women's softball getting crushed at home by Washington and also a full slate of sports action tonight that we need to run down for you as well. So there you go. Layout of today's show. A reminder for you when you get in your vehicle, make sure to plug in your smart device and tell it, play podcast Locked on Cougars. That way you're always up to date with this daily podcast, focus on all things BYU, and you always are in the know when it comes to BYU sports news. Let's get going. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for April 18th, 2019. Alright guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on the Locked On Cougars podcast, your resident BYU insider. Thanks again for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. I work for the Zone, excuse me, I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, and it's a blast to be with you today. Um, I've been talking to a lot of my sources over the last couple of days, and I'm not necessarily going to break any news that's not already out there, I don't think, but having talked to my hashtag sources in Provo, talking to people connected with the BYU basketball program, it appears that Mark Pope's assistant coaching staff, in terms of just the structure of how he wants it to be, the names are in place. It's just a matter of getting them through the hoops that they need to go through to get hired at BYU. There was a comment sent to me on social media yesterday that we'll talk about that. Uh, We'll get to that here in a minute. But it appears currently that Mark Pope's staff, barring last-minute changes, things could change, offers coming in from other programs, etc. But barring anything significant happening, it appears that Mark Pope's assistant coaching staff includes two of his former assistants at UVU, including Chris Burgess and Cody Fuger, will be coming over from the Wolverines to join uh, the st- Mark Pope's staff at BYU. And then also Seattle assistant Nick Robinson. Of course, uh, Nick Robinson is a former Southern Utah head coach, a guy that's very familiar with the state of Utah, having coached here extensively. So it looks like that's going to be Mark Pope's staff. And I, I think that's actually a solid staff. You have two guys who played in the NBA who can coach up big men. Speaking of Mark Pope, obviously, and also Chris Burgess. Burgess played most of his career overseas, understandably, but he is six foot ten, six foot eleven, and can coach guys uh, up on how to go about uh, producing as a big man. And we had uh, Burgess on with DJ and PK last week to talk about the move of hiring Pope and what his future is. And he talked about the fact that, yeah, it, you do need the ability to be able to show guys what to do. And I said, that's what keeps him in shape. He, it's why he keeps working out so he can get into drills. And when guys aren't understanding what coaches are asking of them, he can show them. And I, 
and he's not too far removed from his playing days. He's going to be turning 40 here in the next little bit, so he's still relatively a young man, so he's going to be able to coach. I like what Pope has done with this staff. This is a young, energetic staff who's going to be eager to get after it in recruiting. Fuger is also familiar with BYU from his time previously on Dave Rose's staff before joining Pope at UVU as an assistant coach. Uh, Fuger had joined BYU staff as the director of basketball operations, if I recall correctly. So he's already familiar with BYU. And like I said, Nick Robinson, formerly the head coach at Southern Utah University, has got a lot of experience here along the Wasatch Front. Absolutely can bring... Uh, can can bring a lot of experience and a lot of energy and passion to this job. I like what the staff is. I believe that uh, Bobby Horadiski, who was already pr- pretty much guaranteed to come over to BYU with Pope, is going to be in place as the director of basketball operations. So Pope's staff, it looks like it's set. He said in multiple interviews since being hired, he's getting a little lonely being in the office by himself, but he has a, those hoops to jump through. He's got to get guys hired. He's got to get them through the the admissions, not the admissions process, the hiring process at BYU, which consists of multiple interviews with people at the university level and also interviews with a church higher-ups, church leaders in Salt Lake City. Pope had a more extensive process as the head coach of BYU than his assistant coaches will have, but it's still an extensive process nonetheless. So I think, yeah, so I'm not necessarily breaking much news. I know guys like Patrick Kinahan, who I work with, have mentioned these names out there. Uh, Jay Drew from the Salt Lake Tribune. I'm sure guys in the Deseret News have mentioned them. And they're not revelatory names, plain and simple. But it looks like the structure, the substance, how Pope is going to lay it out with his assistant coaching staff is in place. Now it's just the mere formality of getting those guys actually hired and then being able to get them out on the road recruiting is what's the most important thing at this point. I think, like I said, it's a young staff. Uh, guys like Burgess and Fuger, sub 40 years old or under 40 years old. Nick Robinson, I remember how old he is, but he's not that old of a, of a, of a guy. So there's a big opportunity here, and these guys all understand BYU's dynamic. You're going to have Mark Pope and Burgess, who are guys who members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who bypassed going to BYU coming out of high school. And as Patrick Kinahan noted in his column, you can find it at KSL.com or 1280thezone.com yesterday, they're going to have to go out and convince athletes to come to BYU do it to do something yeah say some do something I didn't do so they didn't go to BYU speaking of Pope and Burgess now they got to go out and convince young men who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who may have aspirations to go to bigger programs etc say hey we want you to come to BYU and it might be a little bit of an impediment but I don't think it'll be that much of an impediment these guys are salesmen they do great job out on the recruiting trail, obviously what Mark Pope did at UVU can't be overlooked. It was truly impressive what he did to get that program to the level he did in such a short amount of time in those four years, going from a sub-500 team to winning 25 games a year ago. Just truly impressive. He'll have his work cut out for him at BYU because there's mu- there are many more restrictions in the recruiting sphere for him. The staff at BYU will also understand that, but I like the youth of this staff. The guys, they're very energetic. I'm expecting them to hit the ground running and get to work right away. Now, a comment was sent to me from Denny B. Karchner. He's at uh, Denny Brad K., and he's a longtime listener. And Denny, I appreciate you continuing to listen to the podcast. I appreciate every one of you who have listened. Uh, Denny had a little bit of the criticism of my um, thoughts on the hiring process at BYU. He says, been listening to you rag on hiring process long enough. I'm 60 years old, been an administrator most of my career worst thing you can do is hire someone quickly all by yourself 
All right. I understand the, the criticism of me saying that BYU needs to simplify the hiring process at the university. Danny, I'm not saying that Mark Pope and Tom Homel should have the ultimate call and then you just jump the gun and you hire them right away. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is there should be far fewer levels of the hiring process at BYU. There are people who stick their noses in there with their opinion, quote unquote, need to pray about every hiring decision at BYU. And that might be a crass way of saying it, but there are too many people with their finger in the pie that just need to get out of the way. The way I see it, and this is just me, I'm an outside observer, I'm a member of the media, I did attend BYU, but my observation should, uh, my observation and my thoughts should be the hiring process at BYU for coaches should be essentially a three-layer process. One, you interview with the head coach, so Mark Pope makes his decision, oh, maybe it's four layers at this point, okay, so uh, make a decision, Mark Pope makes his decision, he moves that uh, person on to meeting with Tom Homo, the athletic director at BYU, or whoever the athletic director is so it goes head coach athletic director third you meet with the university president i understand that byu's got a unique mission they're a representative of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints so meeting with the president of the university which is currently kevin b worthen not a problem there and then of course church leaders usually a member of the quorum of the 12 or maybe the first presidency usually meets with at least the head coach and more than likely would meet with any of these assistant coaches to sign off on that as well so i believe that those four levels should be the process of byu i understand that would still take some time but i'm telling you get vice presidents get 70s in the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints get everybody who doesn't need to have necessarily a say in the process get them out of the way it becomes too muddled sometimes. It takes too long. Eric Mateos hire at BYU was delayed by essentially a month due to so many people having, and speaking of the BYU football program this past offseason, was delayed by almost a month simply due to how many people felt that they needed to be involved in the process. So I understand your criticism, Denny. I completely get it. I understand that I may have come off a little, little rough on that, trying to rag on BYU a little too hard, but I just wanted to see them simplify the process so that coaches like Pope don't have to wait for a month to get an assistant coach in place. I understand that four-tiered approach I laid out right there makes it a little bit longer of the process as it makes it a longer process than it would be at most programs around the country. And I get that you have to be a little more careful with BYU, with its unique mission, its unique uh, standards, all the different things you have in place there. I get that. But there can be some of the fluff cut out of this. Some of the fat can be cut out and it can make it a little more of a, a, a transparent and straightforward process. That's all I'm trying to say. So thanks for reaching out, Denny. I really do appreciate you listening. And hopefully I clarified myself a little bit more there. If you guys do have comments like that, like Denny, feel free to reach out anytime at Jacob C. Hatch. My DMs are open. You also can tweet at me directly. You can follow the show or tweet at the show at Locked on Cougars. It's also on Facebook and Instagram. So follow us there and let me know your thoughts. I would love to hear from you guys about the staff at BYU, how it looks right now, or about your thoughts on me and my opinions on things. I love to hear from you guys. I, I, I promise I'm going to take everything you say and I'm going to make sure that I, I take it 
take it into it under advisement. Absolutely. I will absolutely take it under advisement. All right. Gone long here in this first segment. We need to take a time out here. Come back on the other side. Talk about the BYU safeties. Uh, we can hear with our spring football reviews and previews coming out of spring ball for BYU football. We'll talk about the safety positions coming up next. A reminder for you, though, real quick. If you are looking for a new podcatcher, check out the Locked on Cougars podcast on the brand new Himalaya podcast app. Of course, this app is available everywhere. It's got all kinds of new technology in it all the time. It's got a lot of money uh, behind it with venture capital, etc. So they're always adding new features. So if you want a new podcatcher, check us out. The Locked On Cougars podcast and Locked On Podcast Network as a whole on the Himalaya podcast app. You also can find all of the podcasts you need, including this one on every other major podcatcher. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. We're everywhere podcasts can be found. You can find the Locked On Cougars podcast. All right, more in a moment. You are Locked On Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. We are your daily source for all things BYU news. Thanks again for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. Talked BYU basketball in the last segment. Now we're going to switch over and talk some BYU football here. And a reminder for you guys, when you do get in your vehicle, make sure you plug in your phone when you're driving around, whether you're dropping off the kids at school, running them to whatever sports camps or sports teams they're practicing for, even just making your commute to and from work. Plug in your smart device, tell it play podcast Locked on Cougars, and stay up to date each and every day with the latest in BYU news. All right, uh, talking BYU safeties now. Coming out of spring ball, similar to our conversation yesterday on BYU cornerbacks, the safety group for BYU looks extremely deep. Um, Austin Lee is kind of the headliner at the at the free safety position. Troy Warner or Diane Gonwoluku are probably your headliners at the strong safety. And usually last year they kind of had a three-man rotation with those three really headlining the group. Um, injuries kind of took their toll late in the season, and that allowed Sawyer Powell, who is back for a sixth year after getting a medical hardship waiver from the NCAA, to really emerge. So right now you have at least four upperclassmen who definitely can play at a high level and should help out. BYU. Austin Lee, speaking of Austin Lee, Troy Warner, Diane Gonwoloku, and Sawyer Powell. That doesn't mean there are not other guys who can contribute here. Austin Kefensis, the former uh, record-setting quarterback at Jordan High School here along the Wasatch Front, He's playing his trade in the defensive backfield. We had an interview with him during spring ball. You can go back a few weeks and catch it. And he talks about he wants to be on the field. He wants to contribute in whatever way possible. I think that he's going to provide absolutely great depth. A young player that's really on the rise was brought in as a cornerback, but the BYU staff thought he'd be better suited at safety. And I think really has made an impression is Malik Moore. Uh, he kind of joins guys like Keenan Ellis, D'Angelo Mandel, Isaiah Heron, young, long, lean athletes, but 
Moore is a little more bulked up, can play that safety position, be that quarterback in the defensive secondary, really call out calls. And I like what he offers. So right there, we're already six players deep and we're not even adding guys like Hayden Livingston, who had his moments during spring ball. Austin McChesney is a player that BYU coaches have loved, but he's blown out his ACL twice in the last two years. If he's able to come back yet again and contribute in any meaningful way, I know the coaching staff really likes what he's been able to offer. So I think that similar to what we talked about yesterday with the BYU cornerbacks group, and we did mention safeties at the same time, this defensive secondary as a whole for BYU is extremely deep this year. Can they produce? We'll find out. But I really like how deep the secondary has gotten just in the short time that Kalani Satake has been on staff at BYU. They made recruiting to the defensive backfield a priority under Ed Lamb and now Preston Hadley also in the mix with that and Gennaro Guilford also helping out. But They have gone out, found athletes, they've got guys in place, and I really feel like the secondary for BYU, based on what we've seen, and you expect some progression over the previous year, they should allow BYU to maybe go a little more one-on-one coverage, blitz a little bit more if they need to. I know that they've been really harping on trying to get pressure with their front four, and every program wants to do that. But I do like what BYU has in the defensive secondary and their ability to go a little more man-on-man and tell an offense, okay, you decide where you're going to throw it, but we're going to send more bodies to go sack your quarterback. Um, the, The nice part about this safety depth right now, in my mind, is that BYU, I think they're morphing more towards what schools like TCU and Utah are doing, where they want to play that 4-2-5 look, where you have five defensive backs on the field. I know they've got flash linebackers like Zane Anderson or Chaz Ayu, who are former safeties, that they feel really can play that uh, hybrid flash role where it's a it's almost a nickel cornerback slash linebacker role where you go out and cover guys etc but I also like what we saw late during spring ball guys like Troy Warner Dan Gunwoluku stepping up into the quote-unquote flash linebacker spot they're calling it a nickel back spot and playing that fifth defensive back on the field if you have teams that are going to spread you out, and that's kind of the in vogue thing in, in college football right now, and for good reason, because it allows athletes to get into space and to do what they do best, make plays, you need more defensive backs on the field. And I feel like if BYU's got five, six, seven safeties that they really are comfortable with putting out there, I would guess like guys like Troy Warner, Sawyer Powell, and uh, even a guy like uh, Diane Gonwoluku, you could see them lining up closer to the line, speaking of the line a scrimmage, but playing that cornerback, nickelback role where they cover an an inside wide receiver, a slot receiver, or they cover a tight end, etc. And I feel like they wouldn't have much of a drop off. I think that's the biggest thing. I like what BYU has in defensive secondary. I'm very excited for it. I think it's the between the cornerbacks and the safeties going into the 2019 season. It's one of the deepest groups on BYU's team as a whole. Uh, there are still some production questions, of course. Guys like Mandel and Heron or uh, Ellis on at the cornerback spots and Malik Moore, Sawyer Powell in a bigger sample size. Can they produce at a high level? We're going to find out because the first four games of the 2019 season, and we're going to start previewing opponents here in the coming weeks, it's a a, a mighty tough slate. And I get that teams like USC are down, but you'd really expect the Trojans to not have talent. They're a very talented team. So BYU's got their work cut out for them, plain and simple. 
but I do like the ability to go five or six deep at both the cornerback and safety positions. And we're speaking of safeties here. Austin Lee, the Utah transfer, I think he's got NFL written all over him. Dion Gonwoluk, who I absolutely believe will get a look as well. Troy Warner, his brother's standing out for the San Francisco 49ers, so it doesn't hurt when you have family in the NFL succeeding to get yourself a look. Uh, Warner's got to overcome his injury concerns. He's had that foot injury that he's dealt with for quite some time. He was limited in spring ball with it. We saw him in a walking boot at one point during spring ball. I think it was probably more of a precautionary move than anything else. They want to keep him healthy. Uh, Like I said, Austin McChesney coming back off two major knee injuries. You got to keep guys healthy and you got to hope that they can produce. But if they do come through like I expect them to, this is just my thought. I think the BYU secondary this year is going to be actually really good plain and simple I'll say it right now I think I expect them to be extremely good to be extremely deep to be able to rotate guys to get guys into position where they can succeed and I expect them to go out and play well this year I think that really if you have a secondary as deep as BYU's looks right now on paper and of course attrition could play a role uh, we could see some things play out uh, in terms of the transfer portal guys can transfer at any point injuries of course could take their own toll as they have done to multiple position groups last year speaking of the tight ends in particular for BYU you got to keep guys healthy but the good news is you can absorb some of that attrition simply due to your death but you want us to keep, if you can stay healthy the entire year that's all the better. And I think that'd be very, very big for BYU to make sure that they are um, as healthy as possible going into uh, going into a season where it's another stout schedule, especially right up front. Um, one note for you before we go is, according to sources, uh, Connor Wills, a sophomore walk-on linebacker from Rexburg, Idaho, has uh, entered the NCAA transfer portal. I don't know if it's him seeing the writing on the wall, him wanting to look for more playing time, or just deciding, hey, I want to go see if I can find a scholarship from maybe a FCS school or the like. But according to my sources, Connor Wills, a sophomore linebacker, was a reserve all through spring. We're number 50, if I recall correctly, at number 50 looking at the roster at BYU now. He has entered the NCAA transfer portal. And, of course, we'll be keeping you updated on any other news when it comes to that with NCAA transfer stuff. Uh, Guys at UVU in terms of the basketball thing, Wyatt Lowell, Isaiah White. There's a number of UVU players that Mark Pope recruited to UVU that are in the transfer portal now. Could he pull in one or two of them? Wouldn't surprise me if in the coming days and weeks you hear about one or two of his former UVU players joining the Cougars basketball program. But wanted to let you know about Connor Wills deciding to transfer. And best of luck to him regardless if he decides to stick with BYU or if he goes elsewhere. I wish him nothing but the best of luck. All right, we'll step aside here, come back on the other side, catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports. Softball absorbing a tough loss last night and a big slate of sporting events tonight with BYU baseball and volleyball, men's volleyball in action tonight. We'll run it all down for you next right here on Locked On Cougars. And speaking of baseball, it is Major League Baseball season. The season is off and rolling and you can catch up on everything you need to know about your favorite baseball team with the brand new Locked On MLB channel on the Locked On Podcast Network. Check it out, guys. Every day, updates from your team, 15 minutes or less. All you got to do is tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On, insert the team name here, or you can go search it out on any of the major podcatchers that are out there. Or if you want more of the macro look, the bigger look, the bigger picture, check out the Locked On MLB show. It's a fantastic resource in its own right. All right, we'll step aside here, come back with our final segment on today's edition of the show. This is Locked On Cougars. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome back. Thanks again for joining us on Locked on Cougars. Hope you guys are all having a great Thursday whenever you hear this. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show, especially if you're new to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully you find it of worth to you. Our goal is to be your daily source for all things BYU news in a short, uh, tidy podcast, 30 minutes or less, get you up to date, get you on your way, and that way you're always the smartest guy when it comes to talking about BYU sports. Running down all the other news in BYU sports from last night, BYU women's uh, softball was in action. It's number three, Washington at Gale Miller Field, and went about as, as expected. Washington crushed the Cougars 13-3. to This is one of the teams that's made the Women's College World Series multiple years in a row. Uh, BYU, this is, I think, a little bit of a rebuilding year. The West Coast Conference is going to be a little more forgiving for them because the conference as a whole isn't the strongest by any means. It's not baseball in the WCC or some of these other premier softball conferences, but I think BYU is still on track to win the WCC title and make the NCAA regionals for the 15th year in a row, but I think Washington gave them a little dose of reality of where they actually stand in the college uh, college softball standings. BYU now sits at 20-20 and 20 on the season. They are off until next Wednesday when they host Southern Utah in a non-conference matchup at Gale Miller Field, so they've got some time to work on their game and then get back into WCC play next week against San Diego. We'll keep you updated on any of the news that comes out about the BYU softball program. Uh, speaking of other events going on today and tomorrow, men's and women's track and field head to Southern California. They're going to be competing in multiple uh, different events. The Pacific Coast Intercollegiate, the Brian Clay Invitational, the Mount Sac Relays. There, there's just a lot going on with the men's and women's track and field teams. All four tournaments or all four meets that the men's and women's track and field teams are competing in are all meeting in Southern California this week. So best of luck to Ed Stone's teams as they compete this weekend in SoCal. Uh, women's golf is in action. They start the WCC Championships up in Spokane, Washington at the Minito Country Club. That begins today and runs through Saturday. Best of luck to Rose Huang and her teammates as they continue to try and build and Maybe, uh, if well, they could really upset and win the WCC championship and make the NCAA championships. That would be awesome. But hopefully we can see at least a couple of players, if the team is unable to qualify, qualify for nationals. Best of luck to them. Men's volleyball off their shock upset of number eight ranked Stanford over the weekend. They faced number one seed in the MPSF playoffs. Pepperdine tonight in Malibu, California at Firestone Fieldhouse. It is scheduled for 6 o'clock Mountain Time. It will be streamed online on MPSF TV. 
be. You can get a link by going to the BYU Cougars website. You can watch it there. Best of luck to Sean Olmstead's team. They could really redeem themselves with a massive, massive upset tonight. We'll see how it goes for the Cougars. We'll break that down for you tomorrow. And then one final note for you, BYU Baseball. They face Washington in the beginning of a three-game series up in Seattle at Husky Ballpark. All three games are scheduled to be televised on the Pac-12 network. Tonight's game scheduled first pitch at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. It'll also be broadcast on BYU Radio if you want to catch it there. But a big opportunity for BYU. The preview uh, coming from Jordan Christiansen is the, the RPI for BYU currently sits at 40. Washington, who's been a pretty good team in the Pac-12, has an RPI of 61. But getting an RPI win over Washington or multiple wins over Washington this weekend would really help BYU bolster themselves in terms of an at-large berth potentially in the NCAA regionals. That's still a ways off. We still got months and months to go, and not months and months, but got a significant portion of the season to go for BYU, but this is a big opportunity to step away from WCC play, face off against a Pac-12 opponent, hopefully pick up some wins and really bolster your RPI and your at-large standing with the NCAAs. So there you go with the rundown of what's going on tonight, a full night of BYU sports. We'll be back tomorrow with the Friday edition of the show, recapping it all for you, bringing you all the latest news in BYU sports. An interesting article put out on fbschedules.com talking about BYU and quote-unquote Power 5 status. We do need to get to that at some point. We'll talk about that. It's It's been talked about a lot on social media. We'll weigh in on that maybe tomorrow as well. So a lot to get to as usual, but thanks again for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. Have a great day whenever you hear this, and thanks again for downloading us. Thanks again for joining me. I'm Jay Catch, your host right here on Locked on Cougars. tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day